0: How many of you have had the experience where you desperately need to get online you need a connection to the internet something's going on and you cannot get connected to the internet have you guys had that problem or the internet is so slow that you just can't get on it have you guys just experienced that you know how frustrating that is I mean um, we we had a little uh, experience um, a couple weeks ago uh, in our office where we were struggling to get on the internet. Uh, I was actually reminded as, as we were doing it, uh, trying to get on the internet, there's a series of commercials by AT&T. Uh, and, and it says, uh, keep calm, your internet's on. Have you guys seen these commercials? Uh, and, and what it does, it chronicles the life, it chronicles an hour in the life of a family that cannot get online. Um, and like, so the first like 30 seconds, you know, it's kind of slightly annoying. You can see there's a little frantic... You know, nature to it. People like, ah, what's going on with the internet? You know, right? But like, pretty soon they're 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 desperate. This family is like falling apart because they cannot get online. Uh, They have this moment where they're like, okay, here's what we'll do: we'll go to a movie. And the family's like, okay, it's mom, dad, you know, son, daughter. We'll go to a movie. Okay, good. Okay, what's playing? And then they can't get on the internet to find out what's playing. Uh, and then they go, okay, let's go to a Thai restaurant. And they get ready to go to a Thai, but they can't find the reviews because they can't get online. And pretty soon they get so desperate that like the mom is looking out the window with binoculars at the neighbors to see what they're looking at on their internet. They're like, oh, they're down, downloading a cat video and the husband wants to see and nobody, you know, they won't let him see. Um, but anyway, their life just completely falls apart. The mom starts trying to swipe the family photos that are hanging on the wall <laughs> in their house. <laughs> their life just falls apart. So we were experiencing this in our, in our offices up at the family center a couple weeks ago. We were just having really, really slow internet. Uh, and so we called uh, uh, someone in our church, Taryn, who uh, is technologically savvy. And he came up and checked it out. And he said, what you need is a new router. He said, you have this old router, and the old router doesn't work. You need a new router. So he said, okay, we'll get a new router. So we ordered a new router. The problem was when the router arrived, Taryn wasn't there. The only people in the offices were me, Carol Cloud, who's our operations director, and Amanda Holmes, who's our administrative assistant. Now, Carol, Amanda, and I are, we're pretty good at, you know, a lot of things. We're pretty, you know, okay at some stuff. But none of us are technologically savvy, so the three of us—I wish you could have seen it—the three of us are standing around this router, and there are lights, and there are antennas, and there are cables, and we're looking at it like something from outer space, like 2001: A Space Odyssey. We're like, "What do you do? You touch it? Does it? You know? Can it hear us?" Uh, And we're trying to get this thing connected. Because what we really need is to figure out the nuts and bolts. We need to figure out the cables and wires so that we can connect to the cloud, so that we can get online, right? Today, we are talking about prayer. We had a survey on, on Easter, and this survey went out to our congregation, and one of the top questions, one of the top issues that, or topics that this congregation wanted to hear about was the topic of prayer. Prayer. And I think the reason is, is because all of us want that connection with God. We want to get online with God. We want to have access to the the source of all life. But how do we connect the dots? How do we put that together? How do we make it happen so that we can, in our earthly, you know, physical form, connect with the author of all life, right? Because sometimes we look at prayer and we're like, how do I do this? Like, this is from outer space. How do I actually connect and get online with God? So today, we're, we've got something special for you. Rather than me preach uh, about prayer, what, what we're going to do is I'm, I've got a session today called Getting Online, Personal Experiences with Prayer, and I'm having three members of our congregation come up, and I'm going to interview them. Um, And we're going to have like a little panel discussion about their personal experiences with prayer. How do they connect with God? Because I think if all of us can learn from each other and learn how other people have connected with God and what their victories are, what their challenges are, what their strengths and their difficulties are, I think it helps all of us get better connected to God. So in your uh, sermon notes that you received this morning, uh, there are some questions that you can During this session, I would love for you to brainstorm and think about and fill out while you are uh, listening to this session. Because one of the first things um, that you want to know when you're thinking about prayer and your own personal prayer life is what is the best time and place for me to pray? What is the best time and place for me to pray? And I I just want you to be brainstorming that while we're having this session. Um, When Jesus prayed... Over and over we see in the scripture that Jesus, it says, got up very early in the morning and he went out to a solitary place and he prayed. That's what he did. Now, I know a lot of you moms are like, wouldn't that be awesome to get up very early in the morning while it's still dark and leave the house and go to a solitary place? And you're like, but then my children would be at home. Um, So it might not be that for you. You might not be an early morning, solitary place kind of person. It might be for you late at night. It might be for you during your lunch break. It might be for you uh, you know, sometime in the afternoon or on the drive to work or on the drive home from work. But I just want you to start brainstorming about what is the best time and place for you to get connected to God. Another question that I want you to brainstorm um, while we're doing this session are what are some specific things that I can pray about? I think what happens with a lot of us is uh, we, we're not quite sure how to pray. We're not quite sure what to pray about. So what I want to encourage you to do today during this session is just start brainstorming and writing down in your little notes area there, what are some specific things that you can pray for? And I put a copy of the Lord's Prayer uh, in your bulletin so that you can see that as a template uh, for how Jesus instructed us to pray. And, and just start thinking about what, what can I praise God for? What can I thank God for, right? What are my petitions? What are the things that I want or need? What, what can I ask God to help me for in terms of protecting me spiritually? What are some spiritual uh, areas of my life? What about my purpose? What are some specific ways that, that God's purpose can be uh, enacted in my life? So just start brainstorming that um, and putting that down as we go uh, through this. So, without greater ado, I would like to invite... Uh, our panelists up. We've got three great panelists. Claude Bennett is on our panel, Dominic Mendoza is on our panel, and Kelly Weed is on our panel. Would you panelists please come on up, right on up to the front. Let's give them a round of applause. Can we do that? <laughs> Welcome. My wife said, oh, I'm so excited about today's sermon. Um, Uh, And I said, why is that? And she said, you're not preaching. And I said, how am I supposed to take that? No. Uh, No, she just, she said, she thought it would be really cool for us to have a a different format. And so I'm really honored to have these guys up here. If you don't know um, uh, our panelists, let me just give you a a, a brief introduction. Uh, Claude Bennett is, uh, he he has a, uh, he founded a ministry, a prayer ministry uh, called Heaven and Earth Ministries, uh, Heaven on Earth Ministries. Uh, He's one of the elders in our church. He leads our prayer team along with Debbie Bennett. He's a man of God. He's a father. He's a husband. And we're honored to have him up here today. Thank you, Claude. Uh, Amen. (laughs) Kelly Weed uh, is the mother of three. um, And uh, she was a former English professor at UMSL. Uh, She now works with InterVarsity and is, as she mentioned to me this week, a full-time kid juggler. So, uh, you, some of you moms can relate. Uh, Kelly Weed, so glad you're here. Um, and Dominic Mendoza is, uh, also works for InterVarsity. He's a member of our worship team, married to Michelle, recent, recently married to Michelle. Um, how long have you guys been married now? Four months. Four months? So, um, woo! <laughs> um, a, a, another man of God. Uh, and so, I'm excited just to have you guys uh, here on the panel and so I'll just ask some questions, and you guys can take that microphone and share that mic, um, and then uh, we'll dive right into it. Kelly, Kelly says, I don't want the mic. but Okay, here's what I want to start with. Um, my first question is, when did you first encounter the importance of prayer in your personal life? When did you first encounter the importance of prayer in your personal life?
1: Go ahead, Don. There you go. Well, um, it was my senior year in high school. Uh, I, like, got saved December fifteenth, two 2009, so I was about to graduate, and it's March, and I'm failing my math class, and I need it to graduate. Um, Jesus, like, just brought me out of, like, drugs and all this other stuff, and so, like, I was really wrestling with getting my grades up, so... um, I remember I started waking up, like, in high school. I'm waking up at 5.45 in the morning. um, And uh, there was this one morning I'm sitting at my kitchen table uh, because I'm about to go get tutored. And, sure, like, Jesus just saved me, but I didn't really have this, like, intimate relationship yet. I just understood, like, oh, God saves me from sin, and that's cool. But then there's, like, this power in this relationship. And I remember sitting there at my kitchen table, like, um, saying to the Lord, like, I want – a prayer life. I want a relationship with you um, that when I look ten years from now, um, from this day, I'll remember everything that you brought me through and the, our friendship and our relationship together. And so, like that was like kind of like the first time that that became real um, for me, real and something tangible. And I, I definitely um, walked away like different that day.
0: And from that, I'll just follow up with that. So mm-hmm. from that moment, is that when you actually began to? develop uh, an ongoing kind of yeah
1: i don't really know how to describe it i just know that i loved it so much like you're talking about um this being um intimate and like this person that you get to be with and so it it definitely made me cultivate a rhythm in my life immediately after that awesome thank you dom anybody want to add to that kelly
2: i'll share although i'm not sure this Exactly, answers the question. For me, I think um, I'd always known that prayer was important. I grew up um, in the South, right, where everybody went to church. That was sort of the thing that you did. And so I knew, um, I I guess I knew sort of what prayer was for. But I think in my life, it just, it took me a long time to get out of my own way in Mm -hmm. prayer. Um, I'm a recovering perfectionist, (laughs) And I think that I just sort of thought there was a way that prayer got done. Um, and so my prayers were probably just very hollow, like very Sunday school format, mm-hmm. right? Like, I will say these words to God, and somehow they'll be magical. Um, and so for me, I think the, the time where I finally started to understand how important prayer was was a, a time that I look back to and see in graduate school where I really started to understand that prayer was not performance, Mm. um, that prayer was way more about relationship than I had perceived it to be, um, and where I started to just get really real Mm. in the way that I prayed. Um, And that is when I really started to see, okay, these aren't just words that I'm saying. Like, there's something transformative that happens Mm. when I am able to go there Mm. and to tell God what I'm really thinking. Um, So, yeah, I mean, mine was, I guess, a little bit more gradual Mm -hmm. than...
0: Was there a triggering event, do you know, or, or was it just that, you know, it, it just started to build slowly as you?
2: Yeah, so um, the, the big trigger for me was that I, um, I lost my dad when I was 17, mm. very suddenly, um, to a very rare disease. Mm. Um, and, and so from that, I think I kind of figured out two things about prayer. Number one, those being in the South, the churchy people that I knew, we weren't in church at the time. Who came around me um some of the things they were saying and and I, I don't say this in any judgmental way i think their hearts were in the right place and they meant well but it's like they were speaking a different language right. i think that's when those words really felt hollow to mm. me um and and their prayers seemed to to ask me to be confident in how i understood god when what had just happened made it very clear that i didn't understand god at all mm. um and so I think that was the trigger for me. Like I, I didn't understand him, right. but there was enough um, of his pursuit of me that was stirring me inside to say, I want to understand mm-hmm. him. And if I want to under, if you want to understand anybody, right, you've got to start having real conversations with them.
0: It's so interesting because in both of those, both of those examples, it's, it's something. Uh, it was a challenge or a loss or. Uh, something that, you know, you didn't understand that pushed you closer to God rather than pushed you further from him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's just a really inspiring as, as we start to think about the major events in our life and how they can actually draw us closer into a deeper understanding with God than, than pushing us out. Thank you for
3: that, Kelly. Claude, how about you? Um, yes, I would say at, at 23, mm-hmm. um, growing up, I was exposed to church quite a bit, and from 15 to 23, lived pretty reckless. And then at 23, I was newly married, um, renting a house, and thinking about the responsibility uh, pretty much that I had taken on. And so I asked the Lord to come into my life. And then from there, I started to think about my church experience and how I had you know, seen people come and go seemingly excited and then fall off and so i just started to ask questions so my prayer life started with questions hmm. um you know how how do i last
0: mm-hmm.
3: how how do i be successful mm-hmm. in my walk with god and so i began to ask questions like that and then it evolved into um you know, reveal yourself in a greater way to me, so my initial prayer life was more along the lines of asking God to reveal himself to me
0: mm. Would you say, Claude, then that um, after that event, sort of get, you know getting married and recognizing the magnitude of, of this responsibility, um, then as you move forward and your prayer life began to strengthen and develop and mature. Were there other events along the way? Are there milestones along the way that, you know, impacted or influenced your understanding
3: of prayer? Well, I would definitely say in the beginning stages, uh, most of my prayer was need-driven. Right, okay. Um, Whenever a need came up, I just pursued god the, the foxhole prayer god just help me right now listen and, and we'll be good I'm in the fire we need a car <laughs> We need a car the money's short i need yeah. a better job yeah right 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 so so that was pretty much uh the beginning um but i guess starting off with asking god to reveal himself to me um through that i i got the revelation if you would that he was the source Mm. of all things. Mm. So it became very natural uh, to pray first. Yeah. Before the need arose. Before the need arose. Before I would go out and uh, pursue answers Mm. uh, on my own in other ways, Mm -hmm. it just became very clear to me that every answer regardless of the natural source, began with God. So I had access, and that was amazing to me. You know, even even as you're
0: saying that, I'm thinking about, um, you know, in in our home we have a new baby, you know, about six months old, um, and her relationship with us is what you just described. She's going to reach out to us when there's a need, and she cries out to her father. Uh, when there's a need, actually, and her mother uh, usually is the one to address the need, but but um, but it's that it's that thing, you know. In in our infancy stages of prayer, it's a need-driven, it's a need-based kind of relationship, and only later does it begin to develop into a more uh, uh, you know uh, adult and formal and mature kind of relationship. Um, Kelly, let me ask you: Were there other events along the path of your life that Uh, developed or changed or transformed your understanding of prayer and of God?
2: Wow. Um, The labor of every one of my children. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Marriage. Wow. Like we could, I could, my husband would take the mic from me if I started. Ryan, come on up. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Um, No, but I think, yeah, I mean, as life has gotten more complicated, Mm -hmm. right? I mean... I'm sure Dominic wishes the biggest thing on his plate was a math test, right? Not to right. minimize that, right. but like, as you as you grow into realizing, um, th- there's a, the dark things in the world that are bigger than us, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, it is a daily battle, right, to um, to stay rooted mm-hmm. in all of that, um, and I think I think the events that have surprised me the most um, are ways that. Even those very early seeds that I didn't feel as if I were being obedient, mm-hmm. right? I, I was questioning. Some of the questions that, it, that Claude mentions that I was asking God after the death of my dad did not sound holy, mm-hmm. right? I mean, these were not overly—I was not using overly spiritual language. Um, but the growth that happened even in those infancy prayers, mm-hmm. I've just been amazed by how God has used that, mm-hmm. um, through events in which I could help someone else, mm-hmm. like that, I don't, I don't know why that surprises me, but it does, mm-hmm. right? To feel like God is able to take even <laughs> our tiniest obedience, right, mm-hmm. and use it for His kingdom. Yeah. Um, but I think I'm. There have been several events, friends that have suffered unimaginable loss, um, really hard things that have happened to people I know. And I know how to sit with them in that. Mm -hmm. I know how to not ask them to understand God. Mm -hmm. I know how to hold space with them, Mm -hmm. that he'll show up. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how, but he always does. Um, And so I think those events are the ones, as I sort of look back in the rear view, that are very surprising and that just affirm the mystery that prayer is to me.
0: You know, uh, Job is a great biblical example of someone who just got rocked in his life with every imaginable uh, obstacle coming at him and not knowing how to pray. And he had his friends that all came and instructed him on how he should or shouldn't pray. Um, and in the midst of that, it sort of uh, came became clear to him that God is God and mm-hmm. we are not. And it's, you know, we're, we're here to To experience him and to grow in him and to glorify him Um, but we don't get to dictate the terms really of the relationship and I I think that's kind of what uh you're saying and I just I I recognize that in in all of us I think that's that's a big part of prayer is is when it starts to break our little uh, mold of what we think it is and the ritual version of prayer and the formal version of now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep, you know, um, that, that starts to, to break down as we start to have a real authentic communication, mm-hmm. um, with God. Um, yeah, but my, 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 my boys do used to do the tick tock prayer, you know, tick tock, tick tock. This is the way we pray. We thank the Lord Jesus Christ for giving us food today. Hooray. Uh, that was their, that was their prayer. And, um. We're, we're advancing on that. But but that's powerful. Um, Dom, let me ask you this. What are, what are some of the greatest challenges or obstacles you have faced in prayer? Um, and the reason I want to ask this is because I think for a lot of us who want to develop a deeper understanding of prayer and a deeper relationship with God, we kind of run into roadblocks, right? We we're sitting there and we're like, okay, I'm not, I'm talking and no one's listening. Uh, you know, I'm just here. What, what, what's happening, God? Um, and so I would just love to ask you what are some of the uh, challenges or obstacles you faced in developing your, your time of prayer?
1: Well, um, I think one of the biggest things was shifting from praying for myself. To praying in the way that Jesus prayed, like it's it's okay to pray for your for your needs, like you should pray for your needs, but um, when Jesus teaches us to pray, it's like Your kingdom come, Your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven, and all through the Pauline letters and um, and everything, it's like we pray ceaselessly for you, night and day, um, and so like for me, it's like okay, that's that's wonderful. Um, pray ceaselessly for who, you know, um, and so. Uh, so one of the that was probably one of the biggest struggles is um, taking it off of myself and um, going from sort of like being selfish I don't to like selfless mm-hmm. in prayer mm-hmm. um, yeah so directing the prayer outward to others mm-hmm. um, that that getting
0: to that point was the big uh, hurdle for you oh yeah I mean like
1: when I when I first became a believer, I mean like yeah, the math test was one thing, but my family sucked like my family life sucked <laughs> like i've your family my, life sucked. yeah my family yeah, got, life yeah, sucked yeah. <laughs> well, i mean my parents were divorced i was like going through all this stuff yeah um i, I mean i was hospitalized for my depression and all these things so yeah. it was good to pray for jesus to free me of these things right. it was good to pray for jesus to like heal me of a lot of things that i that i experienced but um as i'm like confronted with scripture of like this constant we're praying for your kingdom to come mm. and for your will be done it then uh, begged the question who who am i praying for right. where am i praying like what am i praying about like other than myself
0: so. let, let me ask the congregation this do, do you does anybody here have anybody in their life that annoys them very badly anybody have anybody like that and then the rest of you were praying for you're lying and you're dishonesty. Um, um, how, for, for how many of you that person is sitting next to you today? No, no, don't, don't answer, don't answer. No, um, I, I think what Dom brings to light here is something that is so powerful. Um, and uh, Jesus said, pray for those who despitefully use you. Use you. Um, when we get to a point in our prayer life, and I just want to challenge you with this. If you want an exciting way to get your prayer life started, think about the person who just annoys you ceaselessly, who, and maybe it's more than annoyance. Maybe it's somebody who really has hurt you or really harmed you or really oppressed you or really you know, uh, abused you in some way or uh, uh, injured you. All right? and, and I want to challenge you to bring that person into your prayer life. I'm not challenging you to bring them into your interactive life. I'm not challenging you to... We're going to be talking about forgiveness next week. Uh, and, and I'm not asking you to reconcile with them. Um, but what if we begin to pray for those who despitefully use us? Uh, and we take away a little bit of the me-centered prayer, which there, there is an important piece of that, right? But what if we start to turn it out um, to those uh, who we struggle with? And, and I, can, I can say this with absolute uh, freedom, because I've, I've experienced this. I've experienced having uh, a relationship uh, with a, a colleague that was very, very stressful and disturbing, and, a, and it was a boss, it was a supervisor, and just mind-numbingly stressful. Uh, couldn't sleep, lost sleep, you know, um, until I began to learn uh, to pray for that person. Um, and that transformed not only myself, but my relationship with that person. Um, so I want to challenge you on that today. Thank you for that, Dom. Um, Claude, what would you say has been an obstacle or a challenge or a difficulty
3: uh, in your own personal prayer development? Well, I'm going I'm to have to go back quite a bit. It took me a while to get to praying for other people. Pray, yeah. for, pray for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um You know, I went from asking God to really reveal himself to me to being in awe of God. Mm. I mean, just absolute awe of God. And as a result of being in awe of God, I really developed an innate desire to please God. Mm. And so out of that, my prayer life began to to Mm. shift. And then I started to, you know, study scripture a great deal and and recognized in in the word that there were preordained works. There was a purpose uh, specifically for my life um, based on my understanding of several verses. So my prayer life moved to that, Mm. you know, really seeking God for uh, my purpose. I didn't uh, pursue purpose outside of prayer. I pursued purpose in prayer. Mm. That leads me to uh, a,
0: a question, Claude, for you. Um, you, you mentioned scripture uh, and the importance of scripture in instructing you about prayer. Um, what would you recommend to us today uh, who are trying to develop our prayer lives uh, in relation to scripture? What? How did scripture begin to inform you um, and and how would you recommend that it fit in with the with uh,
3: the prayer life of those that are here today? you know well I, I think right away the disciples come to mind mm-hmm. and they asked the Lord uh, teach us to pray and Jesus said that he was going to going away mm-hmm. and he was going to send us another comforter yep. and so I would suggest, when you pray, ask the Holy Spirit to teach you to pray.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Well, Kelly, let me uh, ask you this one.
0: What would be, in your as you've grown in prayer and matured in prayer, what would you say have been the best practices for you to develop your prayer life? So as all of us are seeking to develop a, a deeper understanding of God and a deeper time of prayer for ourselves. What are some of the base, basic, best, fundamental practices that you would recommend?
2: Hmm. Yeah. Um, I think I'm one of those moms that you were speaking about, right, who was sort of rolling their eyes when you <laughs> put the scripture up <laughs> about a quiet place to pray in the morning. But that doesn't mean that that scripture doesn't apply to me, right? Yeah. Um, and so um, it, changing my practices, Right, understanding the importance of that time being rooted in prayer, mm. and letting that look differently in a different season. Yeah. Right, so uh, right now there's not a lot of going into a prayer closet. My children would find me. Right. I promise you, they would. <laughs>
0: you got to put a lock on the inside of that I know my prayer closet, closet needs like bolts. <laughs>
2: um, but I do a, a lot of breath prayer. Right mm. in the grocery store aisle. Right, mm. I do a lot of trying to breathe in that spirit, trying to let a piece of scripture that maybe I read very quickly that morning um, or just a word like settle into me. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember early on uh, back when I was in school hearing this amazing interview with the poet Maya Angelou where she spoke of her grandmother in Stamps, Arkansas. And she said, my grandmother talked to God Like he was in the next room, right? Like he was a a friend. And so my children hear me audibly talk to God. Um, Sometimes because I'm about to do something that is not (laughs) (laughs) spirit-led. But I think, you know, Brother Lawrence calls it practicing the presence of God. I think prayer doesn't look as formulaic to me now, but that doesn't mean that I don't need it, Mm -hmm. and so I look for ways, whether I'm driving the car, you know, whether it's um, sneaking again just a minute in the middle of an ordinary day, Mm -hmm. I look for ways to create space for God to speak to me.
0: Awesome. Um, I want to just sort of wrap up the session by having each of you answer this last question. We'll start with you, Dom. Um, What do you want the congregation, everybody that's gathered here today, what do you want them to know? What, If there was one thing that you could let them know about prayer or about what it means to begin to develop a, a time of prayer or to deepen their relationship with God, what would it be?
1: There is one thing that I wanted you to know about prayer. Um, I'll expound on this. Is that every spiritual blessing that you crave for or to see is in Christ. That's what Colossians says. And every, every spiritual blessing is found in Christ. And I, and I love what um, Tim, Timothy Keller says, is that it takes theology and brings it into an experience. Mm-hmm. And so like we have this theology theological understanding that all these spiritual blessings, like wholeness, wellness, love, joy, peace, patience, yada, yada, all these things, they're found in Christ and in Christ alone. Um, and then Jesus died on our behalf, Um, And resurrected and empowered us with the Holy Spirit so that we could be in union with God. Mm. Um, And so we have this availability, which we didn't have before, Mm -hmm. to commune with God. Mm -hmm. Like this cosmic, real being to be able to walk and talk and live and breathe with the one who has every spiritual blessing that, that we need. Um, and so, like, this encourages me when I'm mourning, when I'm lamenting, um, when, when something is happening in the world and I don't know what to do. And the book of James says, like, you can't usher in um, the anger of man can never usher in the righteousness of God. Like, it gives me wisdom um, and discernment on how, on how to act, like praying before acting, um, like whatever, like every spiritual blessing, everything you crave. And that wholeness and relational pull, everything is in Christ. And so I think, like, that's what I wanted to say is, like, kind of an encouragement for prayer. You come as you are and expect to leave transformed.
0: How about for you, Kelly? What's the one thing that you want to leave with the the congregation today? Yeah,
2: I love that Dominic is talking about uh, come as you are. I think it's not only okay to start right where you are. I think it's the only way mm-hmm. that you'll deepen your relationship in prayer. I think um, as a recovering perfectionist, God is often really tired of us trying to impress him. Like um, In the same way that in my marriage, it's so important that we talk to each other mm-hmm. because as we talk to each other, there's this knowing that changes both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what we're being invited to. Um, we're being invited deeper into a relationship. Um, and I'll also just piggyback on that to say that we're being invited into a relationship that goes this way but prayer is so important this way too mm-hmm. um, I was involved in such a powerful life group I'll get emotional even just talking about some of the things that happened in that group mm-hmm. where we studied a book by I'll totally geek out on this book if you want to see me after church and let me bend your ear for an hour and a half Eugene Peterson wrote this book called Answering God right? Mm-hmm. and it's a book about praying the Psalms um, and the the work that we did in that group was so eye-opening because the Psalms, they will shock you, mm-hmm. right? I mean, this these were the prayers of Israel, right? I mean, these were the things that they would have come together, right? And in the same way that we sing songs to God, they said things in the Psalter that were real. Mm-hmm. I mean, brutally real, yeah. like raw emotion, anger, hatred, right? All of that was completely okay to express to God, mm-hmm. and not only okay. But there was there was such great hope in that mm-hmm. right that like i can pour this out to god and trust that he will take it seriously mm-hmm. um and so i think the more we learn to pray with each other mm-hmm. we can expect relationships to deepen mm-hmm. um, now when I, when I get to a place where for whatever reason i can't hear god right i can reach out to mm-hmm. these women um, or to my husband and i can say I'm praying and I'm, I'm feeling so clouded in darkness, mm-hmm. right? And I'll have a friend who sends back, right? Even the darkness is as light to him. Like, mm-hmm. I'm praying and believing for you mm-hmm. when you are unable to feel that. Um, mm-hmm. And so I would just really encourage you, if you want to deepen your prayer life, find somebody who wants that too mm-hmm. and watch what God will do with that. It's, it's amazing.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Kelly, and and Claude. How about you? What what Um, would you
3: leave? I guess this would be my my thing that I would want to leave you with is that um, God loves you with an everlasting love, Mm -hmm. and there is absolutely nothing about you uh, that He is unaware of. Mm -hmm. Uh, He the Scripture says that He knew us when we were formed in our mother's womb. He knows our thoughts. We're naked in his sight. But the reality is he loves you with an everlasting love. So when you want to experience um, a deep love that is unconditional, Mm -hmm. that's what prayer is all about.
0: Mm
3: -hmm. Amen. Was this useful for you today?
0: Thank you, guys. You guys can head down. Thank you, man. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, Claude. Bring it in, man. Bring it in. I just praise God for uh, a congregation filled with people who love God and who are in pursuit of God and who are real and authentic about it and who can just open up and we can just have a family discussion about how to deepen our relationship uh, with God. And I'm up here taking notes myself, so I hope you got to... Uh, as well. I, I will say just uh, one of the greatest moments in my life, uh, one of the most important and powerful moments in my life was uh, shortly after I had become a Christian and, and my wife and I had begun dating and we were trying to figure out how to move forward in our relationship um, and, and and neither of us really knew how to do it. Uh, and I remember the very first time I felt like the, the, the Lord, the Holy Spirit was speaking into my heart and saying, "You need to pray with her. You guys need to pray about it. You need to pray together." Well, I hadn't been a Christian for very long, and I had never prayed with uh, a girlfriend or uh, you know anyone that I had dated. Not that I ever dated anyone before my wife. I just want you to know that, babe. Um, but <laughs> if I had theoretically, um, but and I remember, I remember. Coming to her, and I was nervous and I was scared because I thought I'd never done it. And so I I came to her and I said, "Can we pray together? Can we like just pray together?" And she said, "I would love that." And we began to pray together. And there's been nothing greater in in our life or in our relationship or in my life uh, than finding time to pray and pray with someone that you love, pray with somebody that you trust. Um, pray by yourself it'll 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 you know it, it begins to blossom and it begins to develop and it begins to grow so i want to just leave you with this this last question what steps can you take this week what steps can you take this week to begin developing a stronger prayer life what steps can you take this week to begin developing a deeper relationship with god whether it's getting up and reading a portion of scripture, whether it's asking somebody for help. It, for you, it may be just putting on your connection card, I need help learning how to pray. And one of our leaders or one of our elders or one of our team members will reach out to you and we'll pray with you and we'll help you get started. We, we have resources uh, that can be useful to you. Um, and, and I'll also let you know that beginning next Sunday... Um, And I think I forgot to announce this at the beginning. Next Sunday, uh, you know, we're going to two services. You know that, right? We're going to two services next Sunday, right? Um, We're going to have our prayer room open at 8 o'clock in the morning. All right? 8 o'clock every Sunday morning. Uh, It will just be open for you to come in and pray. So if you want to come and arrive here early, go into the side auditorium right out here. Um, Our members of our prayer team will be there. Just come in. And you don't have to be a prayer expert. You don't have to, you know, know Greek and Hebrew. Just come and be willing to open up and be real. Uh, And you can pray by yourself. You don't have to pray out loud. Uh, But just come and spend some time in prayer with us. Um, Today, I want to invite all of you, as as we close here, to worship with us in a few different ways. And and one of those ways may be prayer. If you need prayer, I want to invite you uh, to take out your connection card um, and let us know what your prayer request is because our prayer team will be praying with you. Thank you, Ernest. Our prayer team will be praying with you this week um, if, you'll, if you'll fill out this card. Or if, you, if God answered a prayer in your life, let us know what that is, uh, and we will pray with you. Music team, you can come on up. Why don't we come on up, and we'll get ready to close. Um, so that's one way that you can uh, take the next step this week. Let us know what your prayer request is. Um, also wanted to let you know uh, that another way that we worship here uh, is through our tithes and offerings. If you're a person who, um, for whom this is your spiritual home, uh, we want to invite you to, to, to join us in generosity and in giving. If you're a visitor here, Please, absolutely no obligation or pressure for you in this area. But we as a church family, part of what we do is we worship through our generosity. And that's what allows us to work with uh, Pastor Bracely and with all of these other nonprofit agencies throughout the city and throughout the the country and throughout the world um, that we support. So I want to invite you um, that way in just a moment. And you can give in one of these baskets or online or via text or however you want to do it. Uh, And finally, I want to invite you... Those of you who uh, call Jesus your Lord and you're following him, in a moment I'll have you stand and and you can come forward and take the bread and dip it in the cup at one of these stations and celebrate the sacrifice that he made on our behalf. Uh, He was praying for us. We learn throughout the scripture that Jesus was praying for us. He would look at Jerusalem, at the people in Jerusalem there, and he would begin to weep because he was praying for them. He wanted us to experience his love. He wanted us to experience the fullness of the life that he has for us, which means he wants you to experience that. He wants you to experience a real relationship with God, to not just go through life getting by, not just go through life without meaning, not just go through life without purpose, but he sacrificed his life so that you could have real relationship with God so that you could just open your heart and say, God, I need you in my life. Holy Spirit, give me strength. God, I need help with my relationship. Father, I need help in this job. God, help me on my math test. Dom, help me on that math test, right? Whatever it is that's in your life that you need from God, he's available to you in prayer. I'm going to pray for you now, uh, and when we get done praying, I'll invite you to stand and join us in singing and in worship. Heavenly Father, we come before you grateful for the the words that were spoken to us by uh, the members of the congregation here today, Uh, those who are striving to deepen their relationship with you. We just praise you for their testimony, for their personal experiences. Father, we pray that every single person in this room today leave here with a greater sense of the value and the benefit of getting online with you, connecting deeply with you. And not only that, Lord, but that they leave here with a greater understanding of how to do that. What steps can they take to begin developing that real relationship with you? As Kelly said, that transformative relationship with you. How, how prayer actually begins uh, to change us from the inside out. Not only the circumstances around us, but it begins to change us. And it, it begins to change the way we understand you. And it begins to understand, change the way we understand the world. And it begins to change the way that we understand the people that you have put into our lives. And Father, we just ask today that every single person in this auditorium would be strengthened, would be encouraged, would be blessed, would be, would be filled with hope that they can actually connect with this very real, as Dom said, cosmic God, this very personal God. And they can experience, as Claude said, the love the love that you have for us. Father, we ask that every single person today experience that to your honor, to your glory, and to your power. In Jesus' name, amen.